Welcome to the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Join your hosts, three-time WBFF world champions and WBFF royalty, Alicia Gowans and Stephanie Ayala McHugh, as we explore all things female health, training, competing, mindset, and living the fitness life every day. All right. So super excited to actually get into today's topic because we're hitting up something a little bit different. I know we've covered off everything from mindset through to, um, you know, preparation for shows through to reverse dieting, nutrition. We've done a little bit of everything, but today we're going to get a little bit more into the concept of training and some of, I guess, the biggest mistakes that we see people make and some of the the ways that you can be leveraging, you know, how you apply yourself inside of the gym what exercises you're doing and how you're approaching your sets and reps so that you get the most out of your goals. But before we dive into that, we've got two households here. We're in the background. You might hear today from time to time a little bit of a come on because NBA playoffs are on, Steph. You know about it. Our boys play in the same fantasy league. Come on, we never get a break. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so funny. They sit connected so well throughout the year. I think more than us because they get to do this league and fantasy and like that's their hobby. But we get to connect on a different level on stage. So we got our own thing going on, <laughs> you know, versus like with them, they, they definitely bromance their whole freaking year with doing this fantasy leagues. But I hear you. Look, sports is, is huge. It's huge here. I mean, it's actually kind of what makes America run. <laughs> so it's definitely one of those things that I'm sure you guys are missing. We are very lucky and fortunate to be in the position to have fans available to go to, you know, you know, actual sport events. So that is also, like I said, it's very fun and, and it's happening more and more often. So it's more of a buzz here. I don't know how it is over there, um, but it is pretty exciting. Um, things are just opening up more and more and more here as the States go on. It, um, how about you guys? It Are is you guys pretty good. Up? Like we've 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 had the same sort of thing. We've got we've got events. We've got you know full right. sort of um, audiences now. We're actually getting let um, like more and more um, ease back on restrictions. So we're getting That's uh, less and less stringent. Um, How good know, does it feel events, though? If that makes like sense. it's so, just making things feel it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And you know, like I just booked our tickets to go. This will be my first international flight since pre-COVID. So yes, I'm so pumped. Awesome. We go over to New Zealand. So for all of our listeners, we will be in New Zealand. We'll be running a New Zealand <laughs> workshop on the 26th of June. Put that in your diaries, everyone that can be there to, to meet and greet and just learn from us all. That would be great. But um, to all of my team, I cannot wait to see all of you. I'm super excited because like you guys, you're preparing now to head to the Bahamas in the next couple of days. I've got a couple of teammates that I'm peak weeking the hell out of right now. Well, hey, hey, Saturday, I, I, off, so I'm excited. Like, just like you said, international flight, this is actually one of the things I've been looking forward to being able to, you know, go relax yeah. at the beach, but at the same time, watch the team slay the stage. And I did see your, you know, obviously some uh, of your clients that were training for the show that WBFF is promoting. And it's just awesome to still have, you know, of course, uh, your teams still, you know, kind of connect with ours. All the, all the girls always come up to me, Allie's my coach, you know, and then it's, it's so yeah. cute because like they, they immediately kind of like connect with me thinking you're like we're the sisters yeah. which we are so it's just like exactly. i got you bro i got you <laughs> it's no you know, it's really like that too even before they're getting to a stage where i know you guys are going to be i'm always like 
check out Dynasty because they're our sister team and literally you, you'll you be babied by them too. So if you, yeah. you know, if there's always. only a few of them, I always know that I still feel like I can mother hand them vicariously through you guys. So it's great. Same, likewise, and, um, likewise. And, exactly, exactly. And look, we've been, we've been very blessed even though we've been unable which is really difficult for us because you know what we're like for seven years now we are present with every single team you know we travel so much for all of these shows that it's been really unique and different for me to have to be like on FaceTime at random times of the night or the morning because I'm seeing everyone and having them check in looking at visual cues with the way the condition is coming through and making changes on the fly like it's very different for me and I'm definitely experiencing FOMO I'm not a person that does that right I don't really ever look at something and go oh my god I need to be in that or I'm missing out and I'm having moments of that in this last sort of six to nine months as things have been rolling out I'm like oh my god I want to be there doing that damn it honestly that's where I feel <laughs> like, like I'm happens. Happens with you guys now oh, oh I we look I know. Look, as I'm as I'm literally reminiscing, yeah. first time I went to the Bahamas was literally when we went with you guys. So it's just yeah. such a memory lane for us. So I look, I, I'm I'm actually kind of sad, and it's going to kind of be one of those bittersweet things that I know you're not going to be there, but we will definitely be there to support your team as well as you know anybody that is on stage. It's just one of those things that when it's a smaller event because the borders are yeah. so close for so many so many countries, um, it's just going to be really good quality. I think, of course, when the borders are open you just get a lot more quantity but you also get the mixture of quality in the mix of that versus right now only venues that normally are like look I'm at my best I'm gonna just give it all and just go and give it a shot you know that's normally the kind of people that will like end up going so it's gonna be a damn good show so for sure um anybody that's you know tuned in I think yeah. so too. Like even looking at the quality of our athletes, I'm like, this is going to be a hard lineup. Like this will actually be, it might be small, but it's going to be a tough one to judge, I think. And I love those. Like I always say to my team, I'd much yeah. rather be standing against the most competitive physiques I could possibly be against to win than be Amen. standing in substandard. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like I really would. Absolutely. I think that that's the challenge of what we do. It's why we do it, right? To push yes. ourselves to that limit, to create and elicit those changes that are the fine lines, right? It's literally 1% between the top three guys listening to this. It's it not like really you leave some bounds ahead. It's it's marginals, marginals you're winning you're, by. You like hit it. You actually, really did. Yeah. Like I think what, what you just said there is actually so relevant, even with these, you know, um, upcoming shows that are coming up is you cannot say you are not you know in a position that you aren't good enough for quality or or, you know pro quality better said it's just the fact that if somebody just out edges you and it's just a little bit better doesn't mean that you're not really close it just means that hey maybe just wasn't your shot for that show you know i just come back but it's not I, i absolutely hate you know um i think feeling or hearing more of like, oh, I got cheated out of my spot. We obviously had that podcast already, but still more of those, you know, just trying to make sure, look, I I think it's the quality. If you went up against five badass women and they're the best, they could be honestly all champions. Why would you be upset? I know somebody has to win. Somebody has to be the last place, you know? So it is what it is, you know? And, um, but anyway, so going into the topic- that's an opportunity for for learning and feedback. And one of the biggest things you need to be thinking about is, right, how then do I translate the feedback I'm given into the gym and into what I'm doing so that the, the resulting 
outcome in however many months or years time when you hit the stage again, exponentially improved physique, right? So one of the biggest things that I think I see day to day, and I think you'll probably definitely um, agree with this. It's something that you see as a coach too. Oh, it's the, this isn't hard enough for me. Uh, or there's not enough exercises or um, they're not complex. Uh, okay, well, let's actually break I can this do more. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. How many times do you hear it? And, you know, it's the most I frustrating thing you can possibly it. hear because guess what? We both know they're in the gym and they're just racing through the motions. They're not dialed in. They're not looking at active you know, um, recruitment, they're not looking at, you know, their actual um, form, their setup, their bracing, they are not aware of where there might be a potential breakdown in any of the mechanics of that lift. And they are literally probably thinking about everything else they got to do when they get home. They're, they're not progressive. Like they're not loading. even in the gym. They're having an out-of-body experience. They're just throwing some weight around while they're doing it. <laughs> that's they exactly right. That's they're going through the motion. Really I call that going through the motion, not. right? Yes, I agree. And that, that's where exactly. one of the areas that I really get annoyed by if I start seeing those numbers aren't really hit um, in progression. That's actually one of the number one areas that I'll, I'll be actually assessing yeah. within a client, um, whether if they're not just getting changed, but if they're really not adapting even to their training also, right? Like it's how much is their frequency? How many sets are they actually doing? Are they even working sets? Or are you even just doing those as warm up sets? You know, how so many people yeah. just waste some sets, just kind of warming up versus actually making them a working set. Knowing your RPE, this is also your rep, obviously perceived exertion per exercise is really important for you to also know what you're lifting. So I think all of these things is a way to quantify really your session, not the actual workout itself is grading yourself. One of the things that I do when I'm going into a workout and I try to teach my clients is it's more of an effort grading versus actually grading the actual exercises or the format or the workout. It would be saying, Hmm, from a scale of one to 10 was, what was my effort level? Was that, you know, obviously seven, that's, uh, you know, 70%, you know, that's really all I was yeah. able to give, or, you know what, I could barely walk out of this freaking gym. I'm, I, my legs are noodles. Uh, that's a hundred, like that's a 10, no doubt. Right. Like I progressively loaded every set. Like I hit a freaking top set and now I hit a PR. Obviously a PR does not mean that you are progressing a hundred percent, right. In, in, in like hypotrophy, but it's a freaking awesome feeling when, you know, you hit a PR and your performance is gone, <laughs> which is, to me, it's, it's one of those things that it's kind of counterbalanced. Like I know I don't need to hit a PR every single time, not just to prevent injury, but also I, I, I need yeah. to try to do it for, you know, some per- performance aspects, but what would you say, Ali is like one of your top ways that you like to, you know, grade and obviously, you know, watch your clients and make sure that they are, yeah. I think for me, it's looking at, um, for me, it's looking at no mechanical breakdown. So I like to see that an athlete or a client, even if it's just a gen pop when they're beginning, obviously the, the exercise selection and, um, you know, structure of the program is different at that point. But what I'm looking for is, are they sufficiently taking an appropriate amount of time to set up that session for themselves so you know not racing out doing this quickly throwing it in between something else and something else not even thinking about it not warming up going into it cold like if we're cutting corners that is when our body is 100% going to talk back to us with nagging pains injuries and it will literally not recruit 
what we want to recruit and get the result we want, right? So I'm really big on and setting up, um, you know, a massive focus on dynamic activation. So when whenever someone's working with me, you know, we go through a process where we're setting up, you know, the preliminary work before the actual work so that then they don't waste those sets with warm-ups that aren't necessarily yeah, working. Very so, nice. you know, it's looking at, um, and also to looking at what's appropriate for what they're doing. Like I've got athletes that, that work with me that are, you know, um, professional AFL players. I've got a couple of professional swimmers. I've got a professional boxer. So it's a completely different level of priming right so it's looking at what is going to be the most appropriate thing to warm up um prior to their their actual workout that's relevant to their workout and then in that process what they should find is moving into the set they're capable then of controlling the actual mechanics way better my two main areas that i really love to see someone you know sort of actually prime prior to loading is the core because i think that the core is you know, the biggest area of um, control and the biggest fault that we see a lot of the times with, with, people having injuries inside of a lift or failing, I guess, to recruit the actual primary muscles we're trying to hit is because they're disengaged in the core and they're doing that, you know, common mistake where it's that extent, that excessive lumbar extension, elevation of the rib cage, the minute that they breathe in, right? They don't lock it down. They get the interior pelvic tilt and then they overhead load or barbell squat and compress Mm-hmm. And they're definitely not stabilizing their spine, right? And look, I'm the queen of back backs here. So with my yeah. back issues, like I'm, I'm. So I, I guess probably what you're getting from this is because of my experience with my own, you know, realm of um, overcoming, you know, injury and setting up foundations that are, you know, really powerfully strong. These are at the forefront of everything that I do because I just know the complete importance of them, right? And how many women do we get come to a step that have excessive anterior pelvic tilt? It's a big lordosis, the lumbar lordosis. They walk with their ass out in the air and their boobs up in, and they've got this massive lumbar extension. Like, yeah, and then you imagine if they if they want to look good while they're squatting in the gym, so they keep that whole tension and that whole you know, crappy level of, you know, um, like rounding out and, and extension, and then they go and they load themselves. Yeah. Like, holy shit. It's honestly, it's, I'm just, every time I see it, I'm like, I'm honestly, my heart's breaking inside my chest because I'm just yeah. waiting for the crack and, the, <laughs> you know, the shit to fall apart. Like, I really am. It's Well, because you've been through stuff. it. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. you've been through that. I think, yep. you know, it is a tendency. I think it's uh, something people oversee and they're just not aware. Yeah. I think a lot of women don't realize that from a young age, they're actually causing this mm. by, like you said, attention. They're trying to yeah. like walk a certain yeah. way and. They're actually like trying to stick their glutes out and by arching their back. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where and if I you mean, walk like that from a young age, imagine what's going to happen after a decade, you know? And like, that's so, just- I mean, the- we we do do a little bit of that on the stage, right, Steph? Like you do, it does call for a little bit of that on the stage and there is time for it, but it's not all but the time. And there's no way that you and I would, exactly. You and I wouldn't get under a barbell and do that though. Like Jesus no. Christ. Good, good God, I can put it something happen? above my head from one of the things that I'm doing in my posing. Like only my arms above head, like no weight above head by no means, because we are doing some contorting there. Like we are definitely doing know. some pelvic tilts. Oh my but God, we're like big bloody pretzels on stage. We're like big pretzels oh, for on sure. stage. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so like it, it's it's time and a place, but I think some women yeah. just don't realize they're actually doing it yeah. and causing yeah. these, you know, obviously bad mechanics yeah. to go into their training. So if you're one of those females that overly arches, listen to this. Oh my God, exactly right. Because, you know, for the people that aren't, unaware that constant excessive anterior pelvic tilt right it, which which is associated with lumbar lordosis that extension that you get that real rounding out and bubble butt stick out that contributes contributes significantly to facet joint compression over time 
And that's the sort of shit you don't want to be doing, guys. That's where you start getting into the realm of having disc-related issues and where you're starting exactly. to have lower back pain and all sorts of things. So let's not have that happen and let's really focus on getting your core activated prior to lifting and keeping it engaged and thinking about that bracing of your core, you know, during the whole mechanic of the lift, right? So when we can do this, then we we limit, you know, the issues that come from limiting. We, well, it, go, it does two ways, right? You protect the spine, protect the back, but you also then reduce the range of motion issues and get that are limiting shoulders because once you start having proper core control, all of your joints are moving like they should be and you're going to have a lot less um potential implications for injuries right so so i never overlook that when we get back to the question about how i think someone's progressing it's how strong is their core how um stable are they in isolated unilateral work and and you know um movement patterns so you know are they capable of being stable on one leg can they lunge can they swap what can they have good form without mechanical breakdown in the basics and then we start to progress so that's Mm. more for me like now the basics master the art of you know core control control master the art of unilateral strength and stability and then we can progress you don't come to me and tell me it's too easy until i can see you squatting really well on one leg lady (laughs) amen sis that's exactly right go back to the drawing board until you can you have no right you cannot earn the the right to load until you've earned the mastering of the foundational movement and hear that again, everybody. You cannot load and master that unless you actually have done unilateral work that strengthens both yeah. legs equally, both sides equally. Yes. This doesn't just apply to your lower body. This applies to your upper body as well. That's actually one of the areas I focus the most on just personally, because I have such bad imbalances from just my right to left. And this goes from upper to lower and which causes a lot of hip external rotation on one side and a hip internal rotation on the other. So it's actually, you know, a little mixture of both going on in my side. So it's very difficult, you know, to do some like some movements and I have to retrain myself by not just doing mobility, but also trying to actually activate, you know, these, these muscles by trying to properly, you know, balance my hips. Number one, are they stable? Are they both linear? Are they both actually parallel? You know, and from there, am I able to engage my core brain? you know, and stack my rib cage right above my hips. And if this is all, you know, obviously these are all things you should be focusing on for every movement, you know, and this does, this applies for even any upper body movements. Like if you're not stable in your core, stable in your hips, you're most likely going to start causing even more imbalances as you train. And this is actually something I've personally experienced has been that over the time of you not knowing what you're actually doing, this is when I was younger, I lifted weights like growing up playing sports, they actually make you lift weights. They actually take you to the weight room, you squat, you bench, you know, you, you do, you do the basics. You do like the, you know, the big five, like that's the way I look at it versus, you know, after afterwards, it's like you, you kind of get in the gym and you start just hitting machines and you're like, okay, like let's hop around and try to figure this out. And that's honestly when I got, you know, a little interested in training itself. So anyway, so when, because of these things, I never really focus on unilateral work and I was always more dominant on a side, which was my right. And this has caused a lot of actual imbalances that were <laughs> actually, um, they brought, they were brought to surface and competing Guess you could yeah, really right. tell, Ooh, some hypertrophy and some, cer- some certain muscles were actually a lot 
smaller or, or imbalanced and you can really start seeing, okay, I could definitely bring up my glutes on the left side versus my right glute. Girl, you got it going on, but this left one has like complete, you know, <laughs> atrophy, like atrophy going left. Like, like let exactly. wake the fuck up. Wake up. <laughs> What's going on over there? Did you know you what I mean? the alarm or what? <laughs> <laughs> like she slept for a long time. Yeah, my left glute slept for a very long time. So because of that, you know, I think this is, it, this goes with what we're talking about, which is, you know, how to properly train, you know, how to optimize your actual workouts to meet your goals. And so my goals changed throughout my journey. And I'm sure, Ali, your goals have changed so many times. <laughs> Numerously, right? You know, and I think that this is something that you have to learn for your own self. Everyone's body anatomy is so similar, but different. Okay. Your sculpture and like your genetic actual bone structure is different. So trying to understand and see what you've done through your whole lifespan that has caused maybe these imbalances even more, you know, of course, uh, (laughs) if they were self-inflicted or if there were accidents, like, you know, of course, Ali, you had to come back and actually had to relearn everything because of your, you know, your accident. So I think for everybody listening, if you're not focusing on unilateral work, please like to break it down. Don't Mm -hmm. progressively load and keep getting stronger in your deadlifts and squats or presses. Try to break it down from right to left, whether if that's your legs, you know, your lower body or your upper body um, and definitely engage your core start with mobility work, warm up, cool down. You hit it there when trying to actually know how are they properly warming up and cooling down. Yeah. Yeah, so being able to work the muscle in its full end of range motion is super, super important, right? So if you're going into a certain pattern of movement and you're already tight in an opposing muscle group, you're not actually going to be able to execute that to its full potential and get the reap the benefit actual you know, mechanics of that lift. So you really want to be thinking about keeping as supple as a leopard, which I love that book. Anyone that would like to have a look at how best to perhaps approach lengthening certain things or, or even he's even got some great dynamic activation stuff in there. Um, you know, art of, but I think it is becoming um, the art of the leopard, uh, supple leopard or becoming supple leopard, something like that. Anyway, I'll find it and I'll link it to this, but that's what I always remember is the supple leopard. And it's, it's really an epic re- but um, it's very important that you are looking at this along those lines. So what I think you'll also hear from this is that when Steph and I are approaching these things, you know, and we've, we've gained a deep respect for the requirement for the pre and the post care, um, more so through actual injury and issues, right? So we've lived it. And that's why we've got a respect for it. Anyone listening to this that has never had a major injury, well, you know what, I pray to God you never have one because I pray to God you learn from the lesson we're discussing and you go and implement the right things and don't be dickheads like we were where we just race through things cut corners when you know what i feel good so i don't need to do these things i don't even i don't need to be mobile what's mobility important for i mean hello so many things but (laughs) but even when i don't have pain now i still do these things it's super 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 important and a byproduct actually of some of my issues over the years was that i did get a few little imbalances in some really random places because my nerves were pinched off completely down one side of my body for such a substantial period of time my my actual fibers weren't recruiting probably because they weren't getting all of the messages and so I had to do a fair bit of work on ratio training so I was implementing a higher percentage of reps 
per set on my not so good leg. I never called it my bad leg because there's no such thing. It's just my slightly underdeveloped leg because it was becoming as developed as it should be. I was focused on it, people. And it was just a little slower. Literally just, (laughs) yeah, focusing on the the mechanics of the activation. I'd spend Mm -hmm. more time on it. And let me tell you something, and I'm sure you do the same thing, Steph. Whenever someone, someone says to me, I have trouble feeling this certain muscle group. It might be, I don't know, quad, it might be glute, it might be, readdell it might be whatever the very first thing i say is cut your load in half double your time under tension as counterintuitive as that may seem it is the most effective way to completely wake up a dormant or stubborn muscle group and it makes you think about the activation like you've got to literally sit inside your think about meditation when we think on breath work right we're focused on the count of the breath if you're focused on the count of an execution under tension and you're actually thinking about this one muscle and you're taking it through it's a hot chili of a of an exercise to do two people like you were taking it to an absolute burner you're going to be feeling it in no time at all i can 100 percent promise you because because all you're looking at is four second a lift, four second a lower, brief pause at the bottom, brief pause at the top. Each rep should take about, you know, eight to 10 seconds. I guarantee you do that for a couple of minutes and you're going to be feeling that little sucker in no time at all. It's going to oh, hurt its alarm, Steph. And it, it, is, the fuck it up. is my most, you know, honestly, most loved way to train is, you know, time under tension. It's definitely tempo time training. Tension. You know, it's, it's just my, yeah, it's my jam. And a lot of people just always ask, why do you train so slow, Steph? Like, why, like, literally it's probably the most dms i get in like my whole instagram is why do you go so slow it's like, <laughs> oh my god i love that i, I swear you do it. i watch you and i'm like yeah man this bitch is doing it right i know and it's just funny to it. me that so many people are actually oblivious to understanding yeah. or knowing that time under tension is probably like the sweet spot for hypotrophy here okay so if you really want to map out a muscle you want it to pop more you want to get you know trap more blood flow into that mm-hmm. muscle you want to really resist the actual force so that's going to be your eccentric movements your negatives right so if you yeah. actually are you know focusing just on the concentric which is where i feel most people learn how to actually control is normally the concentric movement versus the eccentric. They just rush through it and they just immediately like just blast and just use the joint like as a range of motion, right? Like just, let's just run through it. Right. Versus if you really yeah. resist and try your best and like Ali said, dropping the weight, man, leave the ego at the door. Don't even focus yeah. on strength when you're focusing on time under tension. Heck, I rather I actually start at lighter weight and start increasing my load as I go up if I need obviously more. And if I don't feel I could go up to sacrifice my form, then that's the weight you stay at. And it's all good if it's only 15 pounds or 30 kilos and y'all's, you know, obviously uh, weighed. So it's, it's, it's okay. It's just more. Yeah. Progression though will still occur under the time and attention step because you you know you've done it before and i've done it where we might not necessarily increase load but guess what we do do we increase the time that we take to get to the bottom have you ever done like a 10 second hack squat holy shit you know what don't i I challenge everyone listening to this i want you to pick an exercise that's like that in the week ahead and i want you to think about starting out three second lower one second pause, three second upper, one second pause. And I want you to eventually try to work that up without changing the weight, 
no. to a 10 second lower, I swear to God, you're going to be like, I feel like I've just lifted a car. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> you're going to be like, that feels like that was a hundred yeah. <laughs> kilos in a shoulder press. I mean, whatever it is you choose to do, I swear to God, you'll, you'll understand what we're talking about. Yes. And the beautiful thing about that, right? If we're controlling the movement and we're increasing the quality of the reps, we will be able to reduce, significantly reduce the likelihood Wait. of injuries but we're also using technique like that like using the tempo it's going to increase our form and mastering of the form it also develops neuromuscular adaptations at a fast safer weight mm-hmm. so it's much easier to put the ego aside and knowing slow it down yep. pause use the prescribed tempo or increase your tempo use less weight and it's going to be a lot less stress on your joints due to the recruitment of muscle fibers yeah. under the whole process like i mean you who doesn't want to have yeah, who doesn't want to have the process of being, and you will inevitably build strength by doing this yes. too. So should you then choose to go and try to do a max rep testing? Structure, oh man. You're probably That's... going to find you'll be blown away by how much more you push without even That's... having worked towards it necessarily in a, in a formatted way. So, you know, tempo lifting is, oh, it's beautiful. I Time it under tension itself for me is where you're just literally focused in that mind-muscle connection where you're really trying to elicit a, you know, protracted time under that load. And then if I'm pure tempo, tempo, then, you know, that's a little bit different and I might be focused on a specific tempo that's been set where you might be reading it now i don't know about you step but how many times have you had someone go what the hell are these four numbers for men like they pick up their program they've got the little 3.3.1.0 and they look at you yes. like you've just spoken to them in i don't know spanish <laughs> which yes. in australia like, everyone will be looking at me really why really are you giving me a math like, equation ali it's like you want me to do yeah math. like what are we doing <laughs> algebra in the middle of squats or what but it's like that right and okay so just for everyone listening to this right how to read that tempo so you got your little four numbers that are sitting there on your on your printout or on your little app that you've got open on your phone. You're freaking the fuck out. You don't know what it is. This is what, what is it, it is. <laughs> this is what it is. So our very first number is always going to be our eccentric portion. Now, for a lot of you, you hear the word eccentric and you're like, well, what the hell is that? Is no, the it's not head. a side dish. It is literally the descent of the exercise. Yes. So I want you to think yes. that wherever the load is coming down, that is your eccentric portion. So squatting down, it's the lower of the body body lowering of the body in a pull-up it's literally the downward motion the second number yes. is the number of or the time frame of the pause at the bottom so for argument's sake say, say we're doing a paused box squat or we're doing a paused chest press you know and we've got the barbell on our chest we get to the bottom we pause with the um, bar on our actual chest or an inch above it um, or we're pausing in that bottom range of the squat for a set period of time like if it's a three three one oh then it's a three second pause at the bottom right Right. a lot of the times though you'll see three oh and that means no pause it's a three second down straight straight back up for a slower or an explosive so again depending upon what we're trying to elicit in this program the whatever one you're reading or following that'll be the dictation of the you know response to the low response so the third number in the four set series is your concentric so opposite to the eccentric this is now our ascension it's where we're moving the weight up and in in some cases it may be seen as a number x so some people might see the x instead of a number that means explode as fast as possible get the fuck up that's basically fuck up is exactly right the fourth number (laughs) is the pause at the top so when you have a fourth number pause that's a really great chance then for you to reset reset you know um restructure maybe the position 
position of the bar, re, you know, um, brace. It might be a lockout of the lats once again prior to the eccentric motion of the next squat. So to recap, first number is your downward motion. Second number is your pause at the bottom. Third number is your ascension, the speed within which you um, get to the top. And the fourth number is the pause or the reset point at the top itself. Now, you know, there'll be some things, and this is again where you can have fun with numbers, people. Like don't ever shy away from tempos and time and attentions. I don't know about you, Steph, but I love doing this with like a leg press. You get to the top, but there's no pause at the top. So when you get the ascension might be fast, no pause, straight back down. So it's almost like, up down up down and you are actually noodle leg beyond noodles you are i don't know same with the hack and rods same with just regular <laughs> squats oh i'm with you it's the same feeling so whenever good. you do it with pots and hack squat like like if you do it to where you don't pause at the top and you are just keeping that tension in your quads your yeah. freaking legs are yeah. fried so i'm with yeah. you i i love look i love tempo training i to me time under tension is like i'm like i said it's like it's my sweet spot it's honestly where i feel a lot of people are just lacking in their training. Uh, and yeah. if once they start focusing, you know, on this next portion, once you already, you know, actually implemented the first couple of things that we talked about, this is the next place you can start, you know, obviously, uh, progressing and leveling up and trying to actually track your tempo and, you know, how long you stay within, you know, obviously the pocket in which is like the bottom range of that, yeah. of the rep. And I think like Ali said, making sure you are going through the full range of motion of every muscle and, you know, seeing where maybe your strengths are and weaknesses are maybe some muscle yeah. groups, if your eccentric phase, or maybe it's your concentric phase and others and kind of calling, you know, out those muscles that are like, Ooh, we need to work on more eccentric work for my biceps, yeah. but that's where I normally swing back down. I need to focus on slowing down, you know, obviously that tempo versus maybe, you know, with your rows, maybe you do well coming, uh, actually down, but you're just exploding yeah. up every single time. And, you know, that's actually your concentric needing to actually be slowed down versus your eccentric always being the one focusing on it. So find those areas within your lifts that you're and, normally rushing through. And this is a really great way of looking at it. I love how you put that Steph, because this is really highlighting the fact that, you know, tempo training allows you to break down the mechanics of the movement. So it shouldn't just be about jumping in then and thinking, you know, anyone listening to this, Oh, I'm just going to go straight in. I'm just going to start throwing, you know, weight to a, to account. I don't want you to just do that. I want you to actually think about yeah. what is the purpose of this lift? What are the primary muscles I'm trying to activate? Is my core engaged and set like, what is the mechanic of the lift? And then I want literally would you, you know, sort of be encouraging you to use the tempo as a way to feel your body working its way through the whole, you know, the whole mechanism. So you'll make so much more progress people fo by focusing on mastering a few, few moves, the main compounds with a variety of tempos, rather than constantly switching up your exercises to confuse your muscles, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. There's no such fucking thing to, you know, frankly, all you're going to get is little to no growth. What are you lifting for? You're lifting to create change. So whether you're a beginner or a seasoned athlete, seriously, one of the best ways you can possibly increase strength and avoid injury is to consistently maintain proper movement mechanics. And the only way you're going to do that is if you're not fucking rushing through it, like, a, you know, I don't know, like we're playing Tetris on a, on a piece 
equipment. It's like ding, 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 ding. It's not like that. You know, yeah, there's a time and a place. Especially something like a squat step, right? Like how many oh, times have you seen yeah. someone rush, 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 right? And if you slow Crazy. it down and actually look at it, you can see, are they properly hinging from the hips? Is their midline stable? Do they actually have proper tracking of the knees? But they disregard a lot of these things when they're just rushing. So I think slowing it down gives you the opportunity to really assess that and go, right, well, I, I can actually feel where I get my butt wink at this portion of the lift. So what's happening? at that portion is it my breath that needs work is it my lockout that needs work you know what i'm saying you start to be able to really master your craft so if you're looking to steph or you're looking to some of the other big names in the sport that's what they do they don't just rush it they fall in love with picking apart every single inch of execution in a lift that's what we've done for the last i don't know five years i could say would be my timeline i've gotten very picky about how i'm executing stuff i've had to with my injury but now i just love it i love pulling shit apart and putting it together how it's meant to operate right it is and i think like where you even said it's like over the last few years we've had to really dissect our bodies more with our imbalances and really bring in more symmetrical physiques and balanced physique because of what we do. And I think that's kind of where, like I said, it came to surface and it was spotlighted for myself that a lot of these things that I was oblivious kind of to just because I like to train. I was just like, you know what, let me go in here and just lift heavy. And I, I thought that it was pretty cool. Your ego, your ego really does grow. So if you're one of those people that right now you have really high ego, just with heavy lifts, but you're you're in pain, your body aches and that was me. Okay. This is why I'm bringing it up. It's like, uh, I lifted all the time. I didn't really recover. Yeah. I didn't really take breaks and rest. I took breaks within my sets, but I didn't really take breaks within my recovery days. So it was just one of those things that even though I was able to lift this, that's actually when I was able to lift the most, but was I yeah. doing it correctly? Probably yes. in form, but was I breaking down the muscle tissue the way I probably could have? Absolutely not. Because I wasn't focusing on unilateral work. I wasn't focusing on really bracing, you know, obviously my core, I was just getting that weight up. And yeah, that's, there's a big difference in your physique too. Let me tell you, when I first started, it was just more of those things. Ooh, you definitely got muscle, but it's kind of like all over the place. Like you got huge traps, woman, like your traps are <laughs> you know, really big, you know, and you got massive quads, like your quads are huge, but uh, your glutes and your hamstrings, Where are the like, hamstrings? <laughs> like we need to do some work here. And it was definitely one of those things where, again, if you lean out and you, you've maybe, you know, seen yourself to where it's like, oh, I lost my butt. It's like, I have a pancake butt and it's like literally one of those things where you get really self-conscious after your first show I think after that you just really start going back in and you need to just break down desensitize and actually see those areas that need to actually be activated correctly and you may just have muscle tightness you may need to see a physio you need to obviously do some mobility work on your own these are things that you have to obviously set yourself up with proper setup techniques I think that one thing that will actually lead into this topic is that we keep talking about, you know, obviously setting up and, and obviously making sure we warm up. We obviously pay attention to our core, uh, obviously to tempo training and resistance and time under tension, but also your setup. If you have real big imbalances, I think the setup is so important. If you have yeah. an imbalance to where your knee hits the floor, right? Elevation and trying to make sure you're elevated to a point where you have a better range of motion within, you know, of course your hip, or if that's of course your glute, if you're doing a hip thrust and your hit, you know, of course you hit the floor, 
clearly you need some elevation. You need to, you know, elevate your feet to be able to have a better range to activate your glute and, you know, obviously go through a deeper range. So that ties in with, you know, the full range of motion of the muscle, but that comes with your setup. So if you maybe not feeling uh, a full activation of a muscle, look at your setup and see if you need some elevation or if you need to maybe set up differently with even a foot or uh, toe elevation, I'm sorry, uh, as well as like maybe using boxes, right? Sometimes for me, like actually hinging correctly and sitting down into the actual box, you know, obviously helped me being able to explode upward and properly engage my glutes and quads uh, versus just always trying to hinge and just trying to get your back and, you know, your quads to kind of do it all at once. If, you're, yeah, if your yeah. technique is off, find setup ways that are going to allow you to properly activate the muscles you're trying to do. Um, so make sure your tempo yeah. training, as well as, you know, doing your mobility, yeah. your warm up and cool down, uh, as well as, you know, of course, time under tension. Cause that is the, that is, I think the, the, the king here at the end of the day. Oh, I think so too. Like, I love, love it. And I guess, you know, look, um, I had someone ask me this question on my Instagram post the other day. I was like, that's actually a very, it was a very interesting question. Can you exclusively train to exclusively weight loss? And I'm like, well, <laughs> It's a bit of a loaded gun question because the reality is you'll never lose weight unless you're in a caloric deficit. And that has a lot more to do with food than it does with weight training. Um, but I guess if we were to look at this and people were to go, okay, well, how do I best structure weight training in order to have a specific goal, right? So if you're not working with anyone, you don't have a coach, you're just, you're just winging this by yourself. These are some pretty broad stroke mechanisms that I thought we could run through that might be sort of, you know, a good potential target range for you when it comes to reps and sets and, and things to consider for different goals. So if you're trying to lose weight, people, yes, exercise is key. We need expenditure. But at the end of the day, if you're eating all the bakery and having all of the bread or all of the donuts or all of the whatever in excess, because none of those things are in themselves going to make you fat ever. But if you're in excess every single day of what your movement is, then you're never going to lose weight. So I would answer her question by saying that you could literally perform any kind of weight training, not anything specific, but any kind movement in and of itself. And as long as you're in a caloric deficit, you are going to lose weight. Uh, that, that's the end of the story, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. when we are weight training, we are also going to be gaining some good quality lean tissue, which is in and of itself a much denser active tissue. So I would be suggesting if your strategy is to potentially, you know, lose body fat, I'd be probably looking initially at sets of, you know, probably sets of four in an exercise reps at about eight, having an intensity or an RPE, which is something that Steph talked about earlier. So people um, that aren't used to using a rate of perceived exertion, just think about it like this, having one to two reps shy of failure. So you're not quite at failure. Um, you know, I think people automatically assume that you have to do lots of light weights for tons of reps and almost cardiovascularly, um, approach your training in order to lose body fat, but you don't. It's just be in a caloric deficit, aka eat fewer calories than you're actually burning, um, so that you actually you actually won't have a ton of energy reserve to do some really high reps. Realistically, you should be doing that sort of eight to ten range and and focusing on them and doing the tempo and doing the time on attention and really mastering each rep. Quality reps over quantity of reps is always going to get you a better okay. result. Don't you agree, Steph? Always, yeah. always. What else would you add to the to the um, to lose body fat approach for you know, people? I think one of the things that a lot of people oversee, and it's just 
a tool that we we've already discussed, we've talked about, and it's just tracking your food. I think they just always drop the ball with really not understanding what their actual intake is. And like you said, it doesn't matter what actual training program they're following. It could be an endurance, just cardio regimented program, or it could be resistance training, which clearly would be more ideal for them to build more lean muscle tissue. But if they're burning calories and they're moving, they just need to know how much they're intaking. So if you are not tracking your food and you're struggling with losing weight, you need to track your food. That's You may be lying to yourself about the things that you're actually having and under actually calculating and thinking that's actually what most studies will show that most people under calculate what they eat. So if you really track, you'll see, oh, 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 okay. I actually am having a lot more than I expected, (laughs) you know? So it's very- That's a hundred grams of rice. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, because I remember the first time I did it properly, right? And started tracking properly and I actually weighed shit out. This is going back so long ago, like 12 years ago. I remember my very first actual expression. The thing that blew my mind was, what are 100 grams of rice? <laughs> that actually, I cried. I was like, what the fuck is that? That's like two spoonfuls for me. Like my spoon is a shovel, mind you. I do like my food, people. But um, but I, I can still to this day, it feels like I'm still heartbroken on the inside. I can still hear it breaking and chattering like glass. But fuck, man, when you do get, because that's the thing, you look at the bowl and you're like, oh, yeah, that'd be about, I don't know, 150. Our label of, you know, our labeling of nutritional literacy, it's like what we were talked about on that episode. It's like talking about yeah. actually thinking sometimes that you're eating something healthy and you're really not like, so for example, like here, it's just a very big marketing technique. I don't know how it is over there with like a lot of the fruit juices and then being all health, like healthy and natural for you. And obviously like, like, for example, like the naked juices, <laughs> I'm sure you guys have them out there. And it's like, they at least have like 10 kilos of, of sugar. <laughs> Yeah. And like 50 grams of sugar per like, you know, the container. And it's, and and again, like if you're getting things all natural and you are having fruit and you're getting it naturally, we're in a different story. But when you're actually thinking you're consuming something and it doesn't have calories and it doesn't have carbs and you're just like, it's healthy. It's just a drink, you know, you're drinking your, your calories and again, tracking. So to answer your question, Allie, it would be for anyone that is really trying to lose some weight, it's making sure you move, just like you said, doesn't matter what, you know, just do what you love. If you love to dance, freaking dance every day and burn some calories. If you like to run, go out and run, you know, outdoors. If you want to, you know, go to the gym and hit some weights and, you know, do some, you know, reps of eight to 10, like, you know, we were talking about, then, you know, go for it, but make sure it's not just eight to 10 reps of light weight. It's actually eight to 10 reps of challenging weight for you, for all those exercises and track your food, track your food, know where your intake is, see if your calories are actually, you know, matching what you're intaking. Yeah. And then if we move on from the flip side to that, but it's going to, you're going to see, this has got a a very relevant common um, theme here. There's a thread between the same deal. If we then want to go to build mass, it's going to take a little bit more finesse than the whole losing weight concept, right? Because while we're going to start looking at a heavier load and lifting a heavier weight for getting stronger, you really need to have a focus on the entire setup, mastering the foundation stuff we've discussed. You need to have maintenance level, energy balance, and or surplus calories. End of story. You can't be doing it in a caloric deficit. You can have elements of recomposition in that space, but it's not going to be the big life 
and physique changing muscle gain that you could get if you're in a surplus right. that's for damn sure and you need rest and recovery like this is where they're not just food but fucking sleep becomes super super important here like Which, you really do need to have um yes. you know a focus on the fact that you're not overdoing it too so unlike you know the fact that we're doing a light to moderate sort of weight range when we're just you know smashing out those um five sets above we would be looking at sort of three sets working sort of in that eight range up to about 12 that's a nice hypertrophy range of um you know reps and then focused on you know in uh, the whole structure setup the mechanics mind muscle connection super super important um and then gradually increasing here in the actual load so we are actually gradually increasing increasing the reps each set until you just try failure and increasing load. You'd be seeing some elements of tempo here, but if it's a pure strength based, it's it, they're used in um, very strategically placed phases in your training, in your, in your periodized training. They're not used all of the time, but, um, but the key here is again, must be married to a very solid nutritional protocol. Um, yeah. One that is going to see you in energy balance and or potentially surplus for, you know, um, different times of the, the phase that you're in this approach and then recover, recover, recover. Like everything is going to be about execution and recovery when it comes to building serious size and or strength. Yeah. Anything exactly. to add to that, Steph? Look, you, you hit it on the head. Everything that you absolutely said was honestly what I think we didn't even really touch too much on because we were really talking about tempo training and, you know, time under tension and, you know, setup um, would be the progression, right? Like progressive overload. And I think that would be one thing to, you know, make sure you take home today is once you get all of those things actually ticked off and you know, you've done them, you're doing, you know, of course, quality reps. Now it's time to make sure each set, like you said, is making sure you're actually increasing that RPE every workout. And it's maybe not actually by the session, but maybe week by week, you know, look to see a weekly actual progression there and, you know, challenge yourself. It has to be challenging y'all. Like it really does. It's not easy. Like, especially if you want to build some muscle, if you're listening to this and, and Ali can definitely agree, building muscle isn't easy. It's not, it's not just like pain. It's not painless. It's actually painful. And you have to go through that pain, you know, and you have to go through, you know, obviously the actual pain of making sure that you're getting stronger. And that does come with, you know, of course, maybe thinking you can't finish and maybe thinking you can't go up. So that is a mental block that we end up kind of putting there, but it's just about making sure you still challenge yourself. You keep your, your training very, you know, of course, similar, like we were not changing drastically. I, I love incorporating new moves. I think that's always keeping me definitely engaged, but I keep the same core foundation of my other basic movements. It's it's just maybe progressing into some other movements that I know now I'm ready to, you know, actually tackle. So yeah. um, make sure you keep, you know, of course, following all those things we talked about, you know, and then just keep challenging yourself during, you know, your, 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 your actual sessions in your, in your weights. And I think probably the biggest take home message for anyone listening to this is it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be long. You don't have to be in the gym for hours. You don't have to have a million exercises. You don't have to have what the Instagram influencer just did with this makeshift bloody, I don't know, you know, crazy exercise she's just created because it might look good for her butt under certain lighting. Like, I don't know, but you don't need it is what I'm saying. Stick like, to your program and follow stick it. Stick to your basics. 
Exactly. Oh my God. Stick to it. Master the basics. Yes. <laughs> and just learn, you know, about what your goals are, you know, because look, we didn't touch on it, but for anyone listening to this, and I, look, I'd say most of you are going to be more so interested in, you know, body recomposition, body shaping, body sculpting, or growing um, mass and getting stronger. But for those of you that are listening that are in endurance or, you know, sports that require you to be agile, mobile, be able to run or jump or, or any of those things, then you need to think about it a little bit differently again and look at you know do i need fast twitch fibers do i need slow twitch fibers what ones am i going to need to be training more than others would having more size on me be detrimental to my performance well then shit i'm not going to go and do three sets of eight or or less reps i'm going to keep my rep range in 12 or more and build my endurance like just think about what's your goal what are the requirements of your sport what performance mechanisms do you need and then consider aesthetic component after if you're not in the aesthetic game like we are if you're in aesthetic and performance then you know the earlier conversations we had are going to be more relevant to you but if you have no idea what you're doing and you'd like to gain you know um inside this a there's plenty of resources the internet is a bit of a minefield though so be careful you may end up with your legs blown off in the gaza strip before you know it if you follow the wrong piece of advice but um (laughs) there are plenty of great coaches that you can reach out to i'd always suggest you go with someone with your sports specific experience in mind first or if you have a specific ailment think about your prehab rehab and um you know allied health specialists that then can architecturally design the you know um, parameters that a face-to-face person and or online person can go and implement and construct with you right so think about it like that um always get clearance if you have injury for anything that you are trying or doing people don't go rushing into anything and i will caveat out and say that all of the stuff we've discussed today are broadline principles and they should be considered with your individual requirements you know um at heart and at mind before you go and implement anything we've talked about today and if you'd like to reach out to either of us we're always happy to discuss all things training and food we fucking love it yeah especially the food especially the food but you can find us on all of our platforms and on the queen divas and we've got our queen divas email so don't ever hesitate to reach out we'd love, love to hear how you find t- down today's episode we hope you got yeah. some great stuff out of it I had a blast talking to everyone obviously here today and you, Ali. So I hope you guys were able to, you know, obviously take some take-homes and learn a few tidbits of us and, you know, definitely keep giving us some feedback and comments just because it always is helpful to know what you guys are actually wanting to hear from us. And, you know, at this point, I think that you guys are, you know, definitely our fans. And, you know, I think that we really, really enjoy and just honestly like bringing as much educational content as we possibly can. Absolutely. And I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone that 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 takes the time to share our um, posts and share our episodes and send us such beautiful messages because we really, yeah, really so appreciate sweet. it. Honestly, Not one so of them sweet. goes unnoticed. Yeah, so thank, thank you, you thank guys. You all. Yeah. We're looking forward to tuning in next week and we hope you all have an amazing week crushing that training session of yours. In the meantime, that's it from Steph and I. Have a wonderful week, everybody. See Toodles, you next everyone. time. Oh, bye. See you, babe. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Queen Divas Pod, on Twitter at Queen Divas 4, and follow our hosts on Instagram, Alicia at Alicia Gowans underscore WBFF Pro, and Steph at Stephanie Ayala 7. See you all next week.